Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. He is risen. That's <laughs> I was first to say it. I don't know if that's <laughs> true, but sure. Joining us also Jed Brew, the director of Mission USA Productions. Glenn, he is risen indeed. Wow. <laughs> so joining us all the way from Mercury City, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. What's up, fellas? What's up, Lee? Woo! Lee is the only one of us who actually has to put on a Good Friday and Easter service, has chosen to forego the making fun of He Has Risen. <laughs> it's Easter tide. It, sure, yeah, no. And, I don't think uh, that's a thing. Some of us are putting on a Palm Sunday and Easter service at the county jail. You so. did do that. That's the that's the extreme version. That's pretty hardcore, man. <laughs> did did you, did you bring in palm fronds and do the whole thing? No, we okay. didn't do that. That's probably you did ride a donkey in, but that's more just kind of the way Glenn goes into jail. Absolutely, that's right. you know, just keep him guessing. Well, you know, fellas, it's spring. It's yep. time for new beginnings. Right. Time for you know, turning over a new leaf. Yeah. And here's my thought. You know, you tell me if you're not feeling this, but I think you'll be with me. I think it's time for us to declare a new war. That wow. sounds. Great. That doesn't sound as pleasant as I thought this was going to go. We're going to ignore Matt's negative feedback. Right. I like to keep it positive. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm positive. You did just talk about war. Right? We need to go to war. Look, yes. we, how long have we been fighting old what's his name? You know, old Ice Teeth. It's been a long time. Okay. You're talking about Joel Osteen, with whom we've had a vicious feud. But and not to interrupt your flow. I, I like where you're going with it. Not this. at all. It's vicious and one sided, and that's my point. Right. Because here's the right. thing is we've had also right. a secondary beef right. with Canada. But Canada has, you know, been interactive on that. They have fired back. Yeah. Which feels great. Absolutely right. So Because at the end of the day, this is all just a cry for attention. It exactly really is. right. So <laughs> you know, we haven't gotten the kind of feedback from Joel Osteen. That we really sometimes wanted. it feels like we're the only ones in this feud, right? That is literally true, you know, and <laughs> you that's know, just that hurts Joel. That's it, hurtful. It, it he is really not listening. We've proved hurtful. that, and and off of that, we don't know that he's not listening. We absolutely know he's not listening. <laughs> There's, uh, we do not have proof that he is not listening, and we do not have proof. We have a near infinite amount of circumstantial evidence that he does not know who we are or what we do. So we ha- we got to do something different. This is what I'm saying. Now, well, okay, now that I'm on board with. Okay, new war against a new adversary. Yeah, uh, adversary's a good word. Right. All right. Sure. War's not, but you keep using it. War! Okay, We're Matt, going to war. Here's what I'm saying. No, we don't. We've been at war, continue really to be at really war. Really haven't. With nope. Joel Osteen, but because, not because we, you know, ha- I don't know anything about Joel Osteen. Me neither. I only know that he's number one on the iTunes charts. And we hate that. That's all and, we need to know. And that's that should be me. My question is, who's <laughs> number two? Who is number two? Well, we'll have to get Matt to look that up. I will look it up. Anybody have more Austin Powers jokes they want to throw in? Yeah, really? <laughs> I want to ask who number two works for and a hilarious misinterpretation of that phrase. No? Okay. Okay. Matt, I'm trying to be serious here, man. Yeah. And I, I feel are. like you're dragging Let's down these focused. proceedings. Yeah. All right. So we go to the iTunes charge. Religion and spirituality. Number one, again, is Joe Osteen. Not sure who that is. Whatever. We go to number two. Yep. It is the the title is the Grace to You podcast. Okay, is it with the number two and the letter U? No. Oh, that's well, disappointing. Yeah. Wow. Well, that would that, that would, would be Grace been, to Teens. I would oh, have see. really enjoyed going making, to war there. Yeah, that yeah. would have been fun. Well, we we can just say it's that because sure. I don't think we're gonna know anything about this dude either. Uh, this is, appears to be a gentleman named John MacArthur. Okay. Right. I have absolutely no idea who that is. Well, I can, I can read the iTunes description, but I'm afraid it's not going to give us any real insight here. Okay. Lay it on me. This Hit powerful me. broadcast will boost your spiritual growth by helping you understand and apply God's word to your life and the life of your family and church. John MacArthur, pastor teacher. Ooh. Uh, I say it that way because it's pastor. a little bit of meat on that bone. Sure. Right pastor hyphen teacher. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. Pastor teacher has been offering his practical verse-by-verse Bible teaching through God, through grace to you. For 40 years. Wow, it's a long time. I think this dude's been doing a podcast for 40 years. That's 
It's impressive. Even when I liked him, you got to recognize the game on that. Yeah, I mean, you'd yeah. have to you'd have to know about podcasting, then go back in time, and then start podcasting before it was a thing. We found another time traveling enemy. It's a sign. Wow. Let's go to war. Wow. On that basis, I declare a new adversary emergency. Wow. Okay, we've got another foe that travels through time yes. to try and maintain podcast dominance. Because, right. as Ben clearly uh, accentuated, that's the only way to beat us. That's the only way to beat us. So, right. let's, you know, they say, know thy enemy. Right. I don't really know who said that, but I've heard it, and it sounds official. Yes. So, let's ask this. What do we know about David this, David Lee Roth. <laughs> 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 Shortly before uh, he did a backflip. I have no idea who this person is. Actually. Well, well, let's, you know, let's. We just, didn't know who Joel Osteen was. We beefed with him for four years. That's true. Let's make something up. When in doubt, do that. Is there a chance right. that he is a direct descendant of General MacArthur? Has to be. Has anyone ever seen him smoking a corn cob pipe? I Probably. haven't seen him not smoking a corncob pipe. Oh, that's a good point. So that's pretty strong. Right. Sure. You know. You think he has plans to invade China that will get shot down by the yeah, military council? I think uh, there's a possibility of that, you know, whole, uh, you know. Uh, think he hits every sermon with I shall return? Yeah, you know, he, he <laughs> I don't know. You know, to me, he's, you know what? Here's the thing. Tell yeah. me. We don't know much about this guy. We really don't. And that kind of makes you wonder. It's a bit suspicious, isn't it? It really is. Who is this mystery man? Where did he come from? Huh. I mean, who on earth has ever heard of where what this is? John MacArthur says <laughs> he wants to teach God's word. Mm. But whose word is it? Really? <laughs> so I think the, really the way we opened this is Glenn saying he ain't never heard of no John MacArthur. Right, right. And that angered him. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's it. Our own ignorance is vexing to us. Here's what, there's another thing on yeah. this. We, he has a number two podcast. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. We are number zero. Yeah, We're that's back fair. There. That's fair. Okay. We are unranked. We are trying to come up in this podcast game because we want the sweet, sweet podcast. Not make the tournament. Right. Not in the top 65. I mean, we're looking, <laughs> and we don't want to beat the competition. We want to crush it. Absolutely. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this dude is, is all sitting on that number two spot. Right. And it's kind of rude. Yeah. You know what I mean? It like, is. let somebody else have a turn. Yeah. Would you please? Yeah. Well, so, here's my question is, yeah. do you think that we could approach this brother and ask if we could have like a podcasting tournament? I like think Matt that, said we didn't make I, the tournament. I think getting but, to know these people would only ruin the fun of the feuds. I think I think a podcast tournament bracket would be fantastic. What if you had a podcast off? I think yes. we're going to be in the NAIA. A cast that. off. Here's a, I, I'm going to propose this. And if you we're going to be like in the podcast it, NIT. You send this right. You send this right back to me. Lay it on me. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. We challenge the whole podcasting, Christian yes. podcasting world. Yeah. Podcast off. Yes. Okay. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Winner take all. Yeah. Only one can remain. Yes. There it's will like only a be situation. There will only be yeah. one. Yeah. Podcast left. Right. Okay. Yes. And we and we challenge them, and if they don't respond, that's a forfeit. Yes. And then. Then it's all ours. Wait, do, if we win, does that mean in the Highlander style that our podcast will go on forever? Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, here's another well, the NCAA question. tournament's run by Highlander rules. So <laughs> can we also be. can we also have a training sequence with with Sean Connery? I think uh, nobody listening to this podcast knows what the Highlander is or who Sean Connery uh, is. We're the oldest people on earth. Yeah. The Highlander would literally, though, be the oldest person on Earth. So Can well we done. A training <laughs> sequence with Eye of the Tiger playing in the background. Yes. Obviously. I think we can afford that at this point. I think like, foreigners on hard times. We're doing like podcast squats yes. and things. Yes. You know, we're blasting well, our podcast quads. Yes. You cut to John MacArthur in his hyper technological podcasting studio. Right. With things measuring his punch velocity. Right. You're going full Rocky Four here. We're, we're, all, we're out that's, in the podcast that's wilderness. That's right. We're yeah. training with lumber. We're we're trying to capture podcast chickens. So yeah, that's, that's right. our style. Yeah, that's right. That's how you learn to you know. Yeah. Be 
agile in the podcasting game. Here's a fun game for the audience at home. Can we come up with a single reference that isn't <laughs> locked in the 80s? <laughs> I got us up to Rocky Four, so that's like I, I think that's I, like 85. I think it'll help you. I'm going to take us into the 90s. Okay. Okay. John MacArthur is the name here? Yes. Yeah. All right. He describes himself as a pastor teacher. Pastor, pastor teacher. teacher. What I'm wondering is, is that similar to being a warrior poet? Right. A la wow. Braveheart. Right. If it is, yes. is there a connection? Is there a chance there's a war between his clan and King's clan? Oh. Can our beef bring Whoa. that in? That would be that would be fantastic. Based on my relatives that I know, I have to assume they didn't get along with anybody in the old country either. Okay. Here's so, what I'm saying, because I think I'm feeling the vibrations that you're putting out right all now. All right, all right. We're talking about, first of all, get Kinger in a kilt. Yes. It's been with, known to happen. With his tartan uh, whatever. Yes. I do own such an item. And Chet. his claymore. Right. And that then, didn't make it through the move. The <laughs> challenge. Real hard to get that claymore through customs. <laughs> it's a letter opener. <laughs> we challenged MacArthur. Yeah. They put on his kilt. Right. And we just we put him in a field and go at it. Totally. I love it, man. This is That's and then, fantastic. Then whoever wins, that gets the number two podcast. Yes. Well, that is I a plan. You're literally describing the Highland Games. <laughs> Well, well I was going to say toss, the, you know? the Highland Games is a good idea because you could have different different areas that they're competing in. So obviously, right. we know Matt's going to win in the beard off, right? right? No question. And so, what other areas of podcasting can we challenge this dude to? And what slash what other areas of Highland Games slash what are ways that Matt could beat this guy down? I think we put all our egg, eggs in the kilt wrestling basket. Okay, because you know. You gotta just, want it. Just wrestle. So, are we comfortable? And also, because John MacArthur is seventy-six years old, and I like my chances. <laughs> are are okay. we comfortable? And I'm not taking Matt's input on this, but really for Glenn and Lee, are we comfortable? Yeah, really, nothing new about that on this show. With me issuing an official say that kilt wrestling challenge yes. to John MacArthur in no the doubt. octagon. In the octagon, right? Bum bum bum. Just like yeah. that. Yeah, you don't yeah. you don't watch the UFC, DJ? No, not they don't. Not. They don't have a lot of organ stings. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also hard He's to make. He's got a da da dee da 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 da. In in fairness, it's hard to 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 reproduce Deadpool sounds or sure. drowning pool sounds using just my mouth. Either way, so, you know, there's both fine but, options. Do they but, do they do this? Bump 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 bump. <laughs> sure. Bump. But everyone is a kick to the face. It's very rhythmic, though. <laughs> yeah, do they do that one? The, the UFC? I've never seen a UFC anything, so I don't know. Yeah, I assume all sports have an organist. Sure. So, yeah, I think we're on to something here. I think it's on. John MacArthur, you done been served. Beef is on. Beef is, is on. on. Prepare yourself. Right. And um, We're gunning for you. We're gunning for you. Okay, before, I have a feeling you're getting ready to wrap up here, which I'm all in favor of, but... <laughs> And we and we say that with respect, totally, and in Jesus' name, yeah, so love, man, one love. I right. have, and I don't want to learn too much about him, but I have wandered over to Mister MacArthur's Wikipedia page, okay, Uh-oh. which he has one. None of us okay. have one. So yeah. double beef. There's another beef. Yeah. So we have a on the known for section. There are two things. One okay. of which is clergyman. Makes sure. sense. Right. The second one is relative of Douglas MacArthur. <laughs> No! I got that one right. No wow. way! I showed For you real? right there, relative of Douglas MacArthur. Wow. That can't be right. I got that one right. Wow. Now, there's a couple of things here. One, um, anybody want to take a guess on this dude's middle name? Because you're going to love it. Just I I'm think gonna... the most Christian, reformed, Calvinist. Francis. Good guess. I was going to go with Thaddeus. Okay. Wow. Well, I've got a second guess. Academic. Megatron. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that is the, How awesome would that be? That is the height of academia. And that's why Hallie will be naming any future children in the Brewer household. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to, you're never going to guess. His, his middle name is, I'm going to mess up, Fullerton. Seriously. Wow. Okay. okay. But here's here's where uh, we catch a fun thing here. Um, I'm just going to read you. I've, I pick a sense of random because it has a whole thing on his theological views. And this may be my favorite sentence I've ever come across 
on weirdo sad Christian Wikipedia, which I think should be its own genre. MacArthur describes himself as a, quote, leaky dispensationalist, unquote. Wow, I think they have pills to help with that. Yeah, I think uh, you want to you want to get that checked out right. Yeah. Speaking of pills, if if anybody is out of Ambien, I'm just going to read the headings in a theological <laughs> views Wikipedia. <laughs> and I'm not giving you the meat. Not talking about John MacArthur anymore. It's just the headings and things. Sure, just the creationism. Headings. Okay. Dispensationalism. Okay. Soteriology. Ooh, oh, wow. There's a lot on that one. I have to keep scrolling. Christology. I, I hate myself for knowing what yeah. soteriology Cessationism. is. Yeah, right. There's there's no less than seven paragraphs on sensationalism. Okay, complementarianism. Sensationalism, no, which would be sensational. Complementarianism, which I assume is how you give compliments. Yeah, that's exactly what that means. That's exactly what that means. Psychology. um, I don't think we're going to like how that works out. And uh, yeah, I'm already asleep. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think we've done a lot of good work here. Are we prepared to? Nope. Okay. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) We have not done good work. Is what I'm. Um, John, you've been served. That's right. true. It's on. Beef is on. Beef is on. We love you. Yep. And emergency off. Yep. That's right. Okay. I'm really proud of us. I, I think we're off to a great start. I feel like this might, this could be one of our better beefs. <laughs> <laughs> that that at least is true. <laughs> we need to find a subscription Christian media service that supports missions that we can be beef with. Sure. The problem is there aren't any other ones. There really aren't. There's only Bridgebox. It, oh. We don't know why it's a good idea. Maybe because it takes a soul-crushing amount of work. Well, there's that. Which is why some of these podcasts were a little low on gas towards the end of the month. <laughs> but we do have Bridgebox. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. You can go to that website. You can find a place to sign up. Only $8 a month. You get sermons. You get Bible studies, original music from from Lee, from Jed, from friends Pete and Tasha, from a rotating cast of guest artists. We'll have some guest devotionals, all based on the topic. The next one is, I should be writing a Bible study for it right now, but I can't remember what it is, Jed. I believe it's How Do I Rest. That's exactly right. How Do I Rest Well. That's uh, just saying the word rest. I almost wanted to just nap right there. <laughs> but, nap. okay, missionnewsday.com slash birdbox. That's a lot of good stuff. You've heard a lot of people have a lot of fun with it. And most important part is it goes to to support the work we do behind bars and in the streets right here in Chicago. If you go to missionusa.com slash Bridgebox, not only can you sign up there, you can also get some free sample goodies that are yours to keep, whether you sign up or not. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I'll give some ways you can get in touch with us. First question comes into our email inbox, and it says, Hey, guys. I don't have any more anecdotes about ancient Spartan bachelors right now. That might Mm. be good. That might be a positive. I'm still surprised you used that on the show. Don't be. Well, you shouldn't be. (laughs) You knew what this was. (laughs) Yeah. And now my question. I was offered a summer position at my church. It wouldn't be the only thing I would do, but one of the things I would do is head up a ministry at my church for the summer. I don't know what the ministry would be yet, but I'm nervous, intimidated, and I'm not sure what to expect or whether I can handle it. Is there any advice you've got? And Lee, you've headed up summer church programs and fall church programs and winter church programs and pretty much all the church programs. Why don't you start us off? <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for writing in. It's it's very cool that you're getting the opportunity to do this. We're uh, you know we're uh, you know behind you and excited for you, and I think it's a very cool thing. Um, so the the thing with whatever ministry, you know, you look at like. I'm I'm about to step into a ministry. I don't exactly know what it's going to be. So what are some kind of broad things that you need to do in order to do kind of whatever you would do serving the Lord well? I would say a couple of things just to kind of get the ball rolling um, is that you want to make it your number one goal to serve people. That's the thing that you want to do more Amen. than anything else. You want to serve people. You want to take care of people. You want to know them well. We've said this a ton on the show before, but it's absolutely true. It's a, you know, it's one of those cliches that's right, which is that that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so, you need to spend a lot of time with the people that you're with. So, whatever that ministry is, and whatever it looks like, and whatever the goal of it, one of the things that you need to do in order to make that happen is to have unhurried time with the people that you're reaching out to and the people that you're teaming up with, where you get to hang out. And be, uh, uh, you know, a team with each other. Be close to each other. Grow and uh, know each other well. That way, if you get into a position where you have to do like some preaching or teaching or 
you have to be in conversations, some counseling eventually or something like that. You'll be able to gear all of that stuff toward what these people are actually going through rather than like, you know, I'm going to preach a sermon and I'm just going to pick something that I'm interested in, which is Mm -hmm. not the way that you want to do that. You want to do that in order to help people. You know, so if you have to preach or teach or, you know, teach a lesson or something like that, you want to be able to do that well. And the way that you do that well is that you know what these people are going through. You know what their hangups are. You know what their problems are. You know what their fears and stuff are. And the way that you get to know people is, like I said, spend a lot of time with them. And this is super key. You ask a lot of questions and you just listen. Amen. You spend a lot of time listening. You listen way more than you talk. Um, And when somebody tells you something, then you change your question so that you get a a chance to listen to more. Um, One time, uh, a friend of mine was on on a a super long drive with a dude, and they were both, it was like uh, they were having to drive, you know, hours and hours and hours through the night, and they had to make this drive, and they were getting kind of getting kind of tired and sleepy and kind of running out of things to talk about. So my friend who was driving the car just said, he looked at this dude and he just said, tell me your life story. And that dude perked right up. People love to talk about themselves. And he just perked Mm -hmm. right up and they had a great time. And he just listened to like, this dude just was so into telling his life story. It was like nobody had ever asked him that before. And that's the way you want to treat your people is you want to get to know them, ask them questions, ask the questions that dig in deeper on this side, on that thing. That way you know them better and you know how to help them. Now, here's the cool thing is in any ministry situation where you want to like, the, the place where you're feeling a little bit of like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing yet, and I'm already in over my head, that's actually a cool thing, because being in over your head gives you the ability to, with honesty, pray to the Lord and say, I don't got this, yep. and I need mm-hmm. you to help me. That's a really cool thing, because... You know, you want to do this well, and you want to get good at the ministry that you're in and everything. You want to do it strategically. You want to do it with a plan or meet your goals and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, the work of ministry, it, you know, in, in at some level is the work of the Spirit of God. And so you're in over your head, whether or not you know it. And that's a good place to be because it, it ramps up your prayer life in new ways, and it makes those scriptures come alive in ways that they never have before. When you are in over your head, don't know what to do next, and you're calling out to the Lord, you open up the scriptures, all of a sudden those things just start talking to you, man. Amen. And that's a really, really cool thing. So that's just some some ideas to kind of get you started. That's a really good place to start. And Jed, maybe you can pick up on that idea. Lee closed off with uh, that kind of um, feeling that you're overwhelmed and insufficient for this is not a, not a disqualification. It's actually a very positive thing and actually a good place to start with any ministry. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So uh, a functional, I agree with everything Lee said, a functional definition of ministry is helping someone else get closer to God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a functional definition of what it means to be in ministry. And um, as Lee said, that's actually the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is drawing uh, people to God, which means you can't do that. You, you're signing up for a job that you can't make happen. You can participate in God's work, and that's the goal. But right. in, in yourself, you can't make that work. So that sense of, I don't feel like I have what it takes and whatnot, um, we can go to a bad place with that where we just talk ourselves out of doing the things God's asking us to do. But we can go to a good place with it of saying, the only way this happens is if God accomplishes it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join God in the work he's doing. I'm going to be his hands and his feet. But he's got to be the one that does it. He's mm-hmm. got to be the one that actually makes this happen. You know, it says in the Bible, uh, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And that's a, a very, very good verse for, for ministry. So then, if you say, look, the, the only one who can do it is the Lord. He's the only one who can make it happen. Therefore, that frees me up to just take the next step and let him make it do something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, and just like Lee said, I'm going to go hang out with these guys. I'm just going to get to know them. I'm going to be a friend of them. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to hear their stories and hear what they care about. And you'd be justified in thinking, yeah, but how's that going to do anything? I mean, is that, that ain't going to change the world. That's the funny thing about it is if you let God do his thing, it really will. Mm-hmm. It really will. Mm-hmm. So it's this funny partnership between you and God where if you won't do the parts he's asking you to do, then ministry won't take place. And if you try and take the reins and do it yourself, ministry won't take place. Right. But if you, in a very humble sense, just 
walk it, just do the parts that are assigned to you and go and be those hands and those feet, you'll see God move miracles in the lives of the people that you're working with. And all the stuff that Lee's talking about in terms of meeting people's needs, being a servant to them, loving them, getting to know them, that's all the right stuff. And if you do that stuff, you'll see God use that to change their lives. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to feel like you don't have what it takes. You don't, I don't either. Right. Um, I mean, you know, Glenn was talking about going to jail earlier today. Man, we go into a room with, you know, 25 hard dudes that have done rough stuff, and we're supposed to convince them they need Jesus? Right. Uh, the good news is we don't. God, right. The Holy Spirit convinces them right. they need Jesus. Right. We're, we're just there to be those hands and feet, and you can do that exact same thing. That's absolutely right. Glenn, maybe you can pick up for us on and finish us off. I like a lot of what Lee and Jed are both saying there. To synthesize those, one of the reasons that it's not a good idea to feel like you come into something knowing what you have to do is because really none of us ever hit a point where we just have total competence. There's a constant learning and growing process, which when you're starting out almost always means asking people stuff. Exactly right. Um, One of the things that we look at uh, in our ministry is doing lots of training and coaching with pastors on certain things. In, in many respects, they know their Bible, they know that part, they know, you know a certain significant amount of the nuts and bolts of being a pastor. There's, well, they may even know, uh, be experts on how to do ministry in a different arena. That's right. right? You're talking about specific things to do it in this environment. In this exactly way. right. Yeah, so it's, it, you know, we have to do a little bit of extra help with them to get them to be able to interface with what it is that we're doing. Uh, but what's interesting is working with different pastors, you know, different guys, different personalities, and seeing how they do with taking advice and mm-hmm. how they do with asking for advice. <laughs> and what's what's odd and unusual is the better someone is, the more likely they are to ask for advice. Mm-hmm. You think if you're mm-hmm. good, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel like you need it. But I think when you're good, you feel confident that mm-hmm. you can ask, and it's not sort of an ego challenging thing mm-hmm. to be asking for advice. You can you can uh, uh, actually save yourself a lot of headache by being extremely assertive with asking for as much of advice as you can. And here's the other thing: is ask advice from the right person. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people want to get into ministry, want to do ministry. And they sort of talk to whoever has the PhD mm. or whoever has the title, you know, so to speak. Whoever has is the president or the head of or whatever. Or whoever is most loudly trumpeting the fact that for the low, low price, whatever this conference ticket costs, they'll tell it, you. Exactly right. What, what I don't see enough people do who are going even from volunteer to professional ministry what I don't see enough of them doing is finding someone who is really boots on the ground successful mm-hmm. in doing the thing that they want to do and doing whatever it takes to get some FaceTime mm-hmm. with that person and say, look, I, I'll buy you a cheeseburger if I can just pick your brain mm-hmm. for 45 minutes. Nine times out of ten, those guys are easier to talk to anyway, easier to get uh-huh. appointments with anyway. And, you know, they'll give you the secret sauce and, mm-hmm. and, and you can sit there, write all that down and, and you know, uh, don't don't feel like you need to um, project yourself as cool and confident and you've got it all together. It's It helps to project yourself as I, I need this advice. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic advice. And actually, next week we have a question about kind of what if I, I have found kind of that mental type person, what are the type of things I should be asking them? And you're talking there about. When you find, I want to do this thing, go find the person. But let's say you're this brother who's saying, I'm you know, I'm just in college. I know I pro- kind of like ministry stuff. I don't know what that is. I don't know yeah. all what's out there. Yeah. But he's got this opportunity to do something. So what are the kind of, let's say he came to you with something uh-huh. that general said, uh-huh. I'm going to be in charge of a ministry. I don't know what it, I don't even know what it's going to be. Right. But what what's the what's your your one big piece of advice that I can maybe apply no matter what the specifics are? Yeah, I think I I've done a ton of different kinds of ministries so similar to to uh, what Lee has done uh, in terms of of, of, of breadth there mm-hmm. not not that he and I have done the same ones. And I agree with everything Lee was saying 100%. I think um, one of the key things that has worked across a, a wide range of of ministries is feed them and they will come. One of the main things with just about any kind of ministry is the numbers thing. 
Now, here's what, if you ask a pastor, again, a professional youth ministry guy, what's, uh, you know, how are the numbers looking? First thing they do is lie. Right. And you should have been here last week. Last, last week, we had so many people, you like wouldn't even believe it. We had twice as many Well, it's all competing lies, because you know. it's not about numbers. It's, it's not, not about numbers. But you should have been numbers. here last week. We had so many people. Last That's, week, we had like <laughs> 10 times as many people. So if, if you could tell, these guys are, are, are describing... This is a daily thing for us. You know, this is yeah. how, it, you know, so people, do, you're concerned about numbers and there's nothing wrong with that. You want to reach a certain sure, number gotta, of people. You got to keep the lights on. Yeah, absolutely right. Here's the thing. Feed them and they will come. It, there's too much concern about, I need, this needs to be correct and according to Hoyle and it has to be precisely worded because it needs to be the perfect description of the biblical, whatever. The Bible is simple, 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 simple. Don't fancy it up, and it's going to be twice more accurate. Okay, don't worry about uh, uh, you know uh, slicing the the word just right because again, it's simple. If you keep it simple, it's going to be there. What's complicated is the sin part. What's mm-hmm. complicated is mm. applying it to real, real life and whatever. But if you if they if these people walk out of your thing and they say, this guy gets it, along the lines of what Lee is saying, listening to him and whatever. This guy gets what my problem is, and I feel lighter. I feel like I'm fed. I feel like I'm filled up, and I've got, um, you know, I'm recharged, and I have tools to use to get at this. In other words, if they feel fed, they're coming back next week, and they're going to bring their friends. So I think that really is the main thing. Concentrate on feeding them. Mm -hmm. Uh, One little quick thing on here is we're we're kind of getting down to the nuts and bolts. When you start you know, working with people and you start having kind of one-on-one conversations. And I can't stress this enough. This is a super important thing is when people start, you know, trusting you to unload some of their, the stuff that they're feeling bad about, guilty about, start unloading sins on you and stuff. Do not be shocked at all by anything that anyone tells right. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one thing to know is that whatever people are doing they're and you've heard us say this kind of stuff on the podcast before, that people are doing their best guess. Right. This is this is their best version of of you know what their choice is right now in life, and to be a per- it's it's amazing how much you get you know when, when you can when you can roll that out how you get feedback that like I've just never had somebody you know understand what it's like before, mm. you know. But you're but when you when you can pull that off, it's just like you mean to be a sinner. I'm one. I get it. I understand what that's like. That's the way I felt. That's the way, you know, I, that that makes perfect sense what you're doing. That kind of a thing will really give people the feeling that they that they are safe to open up and to trust you, which that's what that should feel like. They, they should feel like I, I can trust somebody that understands what it's like to be tempted to sin and to sin and to all that stuff, you know. So to just to make the decision up front, we are not shocked about sin. We understand it makes sense. We want to meet people where they are in that thing. Amen. Yeah, it's all really good stuff. I would close this out by adding just kind of on a, a bare bones level thing, as nuts and bolts as Lee was talking about there. Um, this is a if this is a summer kind of being in charge ministry thing. Odds are it's it may not involve a lot of kind of pastoral counseling care stuff. Hopefully, because bless your hearts, no college kids should be doing that for people because i mean seriously no no just no but a big part of this that i know i've as the newest to professional minister here one of the best things you can do for yourself up front is between you and the people who are in charge of this thing is have some defined goals sure Mm -hmm. because what's not going to happen is at least every week there's not going to be uh tears and prayers of salvation and it'll just feel amazing. I mean, we do the bridge every week, and these are great church service down there. And the way, whether it was the best night ever, the worst night ever, everybody killed it, the feeling you have afterwards is surprisingly the same mm-hmm. if you're on that team of people who's in charge because you're just keeping plates spinning. So one mm-hmm. of the best things you can do for yourself is sit down with the pastor or the head of children's ministry, whoever it is who's in charge, say, what are the things we want to do, this to do? Right. And then be clear with yourself. What are the things I want this to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we've we've had a uh, uh, we've this is it's, this is not the case anymore, but it used to be the case where um, whenever we talked about our children's ministry, Glenn's only statement was as long as they're not so loud that they disrupt the downstairs service. Right, that's everything I want out of it. Right we've, now we've cast them off 
east of Eden in the yeah. land of Nod. Now, uh, Glenn's wife being Glenn's wife, she then took that and is doing world-class, amazing children's ministry right. and inventing stuff on her own. But the f- the nice thing is, when she has a bad week and nobody's listening or whatever, Glenn, can, as the boss, can say, they didn't interrupt the service downstairs. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're doing a great job because right. that's the goal. That's right. Mm-hmm. The goal is not to disciple yeah. Children, actually. That's that's, right. that's a secondary thing. So having those clear sense of this is what this has to do, this is what this should do, this is what I'd like to do. If you can have those, it'll give you a much better sense of where you are, which going in, you, I can tell you that you're not going to have as clear a sense of that in the moment as you would like. So Absolutely. that's one little tip on top of what these guys gave. Remember, second question here it came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox and it says, Hello, I'm newly roommates with my sibling and it is driving me up the wall. They just became a part-time leader at my church, but their home life tells a different story. I don't see them having a servant's heart, but seeking approval. I'm trying my best to be loving and patient, but it's frustrating. I have not approached them with this because I don't want to seem self-righteous and critical, but how do I keep from resenting them? Thank you very much. Jed, why don't you start us off? I appreciate your question, man. Um, And um, we love you, and I know you can handle it, so I'm going to push back on you a little bit. Um. Everywhere you go in life as an adult, you're going to see hypocrisy. Everywhere you Hello. go. Um, uh, everyone says one thing and does another. That's true of everybody. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the only person that has ever not been true of. Right. Um, and so if you feel like you need to confront hypocrisy everywhere you go or everywhere you see it, that's all you're ever going to do. And you're probably going to get socked in the mouth at some point um, because you, you're just kind of rolling up on people and speaking out of turn. Here's the question that I want to ask you. And I'm not saying it doesn't suck because it, it does. And I'm, I'm really sorry for that. But the thing I want to ask you is, is their hypocrisy actually impacting your life in some way, right? I mean, if they're stealing your money, um, well, then there's a clear thing there. If they're, um, you know, not to be crude, but if they're, you know, bringing people home and having loud sex at all hours, and it's keeping you up and you can't sleep, well, that's... That's something. Mm-hmm. But if what you mean is there are goody two-shoes at church, and then they come home and they watch naughty shows on Netflix, mm-hmm. and you know, if only people saw the real person, that's not actually affecting you at all in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not impacting your life. And so if it's not impacting your life and they're not looking for your input, in other words, they're not coming to you and saying, how do you think I should grow as a Christian? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think my challenges are? Then... I think you need to ask why you're not just letting that go. Right. Because, again, you see, um, you see hypocrisy everywhere you go all day, every day. That's, that's right. all we've got on planet Earth. And you're able to not comment on most of it. And I, right. I think it's worth asking yourself why you feel like you would need to comment on this. Again, if it's not actually impacting your life and they're not looking for your input. But I'd like to offer one thought for you to look at because I think it's important. I think it's valuable. Is, is there a chance that you're jealous? Mm-hmm. I want you to think about that a little bit. Um, and this would particularly be true in a sibling relationship and whatnot. Is there a chance that you're trying really hard to be a good Christian and do the right thing, mm-hmm. and you see this other person, and it's like they don't even care. They're right. just they're watching those naughty shows on Netflix, and they're enjoying them, which mm-hmm. is the worst thing of all. Sure. And it's That's like... Cursing and everything. Exactly it. right. It's like the fact that they don't care. It's like it's devaluing all the sacrifices that you're making. Right. I think you should ask if that's what this is about, is, is jealousy. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if that's the case. That, that's actually super, super common. But if, if that's the case, then this, it's not so much that what they're doing is you know, more or less wrong as a result, but it does mean we're dealing with a different issue. And it does mean we want to look at what's going on in your life where you're jealous of stuff that you think is uncool. Um, you know, what's going on in your life where you feel unsatisfied with the life that you're living? What changes can we make in your life so that you have more satisfaction and you have more joy and you have more peace? God wants those things for you. If you can dig it, you going and unloading on your roommate, on your sibling won't help with that. It, right. it actually won't give you the relief that you're looking for. Um, but you finding things that give you joy and peace and satisfaction, contentment and fulfillment, that will actually make a difference. Either way, I'm betting that's at least part of what you're dealing with. And so I'd encourage you to focus on that. Amen. I think it's a really good place to start this. And Glenn, maybe if you can pick up on what Jed was saying there, specifically and maybe we can tie this to a more personal thing on your end. You, as you mentioned, you coach a lot of pastors, so you you have firsthand experience with somebody going up in front of a room of people and saying something, 
yes. about the way we should all do this. Yes. And when you know that that's not how they do that, yes. you had the unique experience of counseling the pastor with the marriage problem. Who then goes up there and says, I think you just got to just gotta be good to your wife. That's right. That's <laughs> yes, the main yeah. thing. But I yeah. think the, the end of this person's question is very telling. I think Jed is absolutely right on in a lot of situations there. I like their question here because they're not saying, should I tell on? They're saying, how do I keep from being resentful right. given these right. facts? Yeah. yeah. So uh, wh- yeah. what would you tell people on that? Well, I, it, it's tough because, uh, as you say, we all know people who are uh, have a certain amount of success or money or fame or what have you, notoriety, whatever that is, that super shouldn't have it and and it you know we struggle with that so we can identify with the person asking the question um but i think uh the the thing is you know, jed's pointing out and rightly so you're not being asked to comment on this so whatever you say is not going to be particularly welcome but what might be a useful exercise is what you would say to this person if they asked sure because what that can do is kind of help you put it in a box, yeah. right? If they asked you, well, the first thing that you would think is, if they asked me, my first reaction would be to say, you're a hypocrite. And then, then you'd say, <laughs> okay, I can't say that because that's super rude and super mean. And if someone's and asking... so am I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and if someone's asking for advice, they're kind of vulnerable in that moment, and it would be super uncool to just say, you're a big fat hypocrite. So you say, okay... So that's 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 my first draft. I'm going to set that aside. What would be my second draft or whatever? What you would eventually come down to is that what you would want to communicate, I think, to this person is, I understand why you are seeking approval, as as she puts it in the in this question. I understand why you want to be liked. I understand the thought of if you are liked, that will help you do your job. I understand the the idea of, you know, come for me, stay for the Jesus. Sure, I understand Sounds that. Sounds neato. Uh, it it I think that might cause a lot of problems because it puts you at the center in, instead of Jesus. But the other thing is that puts a great deal of pressure on you. You have to be perfect and holy and wonderful. And you aren't that way all the time. I'm not that way all the time, as Jed was pointing out. We're all, we all, you know. And we understand, again, we understand putting your best foot forward. But if you raise expectations to the point where you can't actually meet that, you are dealing pure stress in your life. That's a definition of stress, unmet expectations. If you are, and that's what you're doing. I'm goody two-shoes, check me out. And therefore, I know Jesus, and that's my game. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. You are you are taking those expectations and jacking them up to where nobody's that holy, dude. And that equals stress and frustration for you. You have to wait for the day when somebody catches you doing something bad, and then it's all a downfall. Until then, you're just holding your breath. So I think that's what I would land on is that is that if she asked you that that or or, or he whoever whatever the sibling is. You would say, don't raise those expectations. Don't portray yourself that way because it's unfair to you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't in any way actually help you do the ministry. That's a really fantastic point. And Leah, I'd love to get you to clean this up for us. And there, there's a different angle on this we haven't quite looked at yet, which I'd love to get you to take a look at. So there is the hypocrisy angle. There's the church angle. But then there's the what's happening at home angle. And it could be, you know, no matter how a churchy you paint yourself off to be, you know, um, at church, that actually doesn't matter if it's your night to do the dishes and you never do the dishes. Yeah, right. that's not about hypocrisy. That's about being an inconsiderate jerk. So, how do we have a strict conversation about healthy boundaries? We talked about a lot of the show without letting that resentment about other stuff bleed into it. Yeah, I, I think that's a really, really good, really good question. Really way, really good way to 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 put the question because. Outside of all of, you know, because all these things could be happening that these other brothers are laying out, and it also could be the case that that you've got a really uncool roommate that happens to be your sister who also right. happens to be in ministry. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, with any kind of roommate situation, you'll always hear about that one person who won't carry their end of the load, who just, mm. you know, they always pay their rent late. They never, you know, they're not, you know, they're not reasonable about this. They're not reasonable about that. And what you may have, honestly, with a person who's in ministry all the time is they may be 
giving everything they've got to that ministry, and then they come home and they uncoil, you know. And this is the mm-hmm. oh, this is the place where I just kind of let it all out, and you know, and and so they you know they they get home and and it's home is the place where they loaf. You know, mm-hmm. and for you, that's kind of your safe place or haven or whatever. And so you've got some stuff that you've got to talk about. And here's the deal is with mature, healthy adults, the only way to do this is to talk about it, is just to say the words and say, hey, let's have a conversation, just kind of a, I mean, I think it's good for, for uh, you know, any kind of situation where people work closely together, uh, you know, s- people that work close together have staff meetings, uh, married couples to have this kind of a conversation, but roommates certainly to have kind of the state of the union. Like, hey, let's just let's have a conversation where we talk about the house and we talk about things that are going on. I'd like for you to be able to tell me stuff that's not working for you, and I'd love to be able to tell you stuff that's not working for me. Now, I can tell you from experience that the best way to go into a conversation like this is to say everything that you need to say. Don't hold anything back. Say everything you need to say. Say it with kindness and make sure that the front foot in the conversation is you saying, I know that I'm probably doing some stuff that's driving you crazy, and I would love to humbly be able to look at that stuff and make some changes if you if there's something that I need to make a change on. If you lead out with that kind of humility, it's going to be a much easier conversation to have. But if there's some actual practical stuff that's driving you bonkers that you, you're like, I can't live in this situation this way. And this, you know, this, every, this person everybody thinks is perfect, that they, they really ought to see what it's like because it's, it's, it's really become a problem kind of deal then you simply need to have that conversation. Lead out with humility, lead out with a lot of kindness, but say everything. I, I think I've heard, I've heard these guys say on the show before to, to uh, cut clean and cut deep. You know, don't say, don't cut down everything about this person. Talk about the thing, specifically the things that are an issue, but say all of that stuff. Say, you know, say everything that needs to be said about it. And then lead out with your own areas where you need to grow and being open to hear all that stuff. Mm. That's really that's really great stuff. I think we covered a lot of different angles on that, all of which can interplay in the same way you heard about kind of how you got to manage your own stuff if there's still conversation needs to happen. And as Glenn brought us, if you if there is ever is a point where you're in a position where somebody's asked for advice, you do want to be prepared to do that. But those are all really good angles to take on that question. We're going to move on to our final question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, A new guy from church started acting interested, which was all fine and dandy, hmm. until he asked for my phone number. I was interested, so I gave it to him. I never heard from him since, and I'm not sure if he is avoiding me or if, I sim- if it is simply a coincidence that I haven't seen him now in a couple of weeks. And I'm, am I just ridiculously bad at this dating thing? I'm trying, I promise, but I'm truly losing hope with these men from my church. She said, speaking for literally millions of Christian women <laughs> across the globe. Yes. Glenn, why don't you start us off? Well, and I, 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 I hear you that you're trying, and, I, and, and I, I respect that, and I appreciate that, and I know it's not easy, and, and we applaud your efforts in that area. Here it comes. You're, you're blazing a trail. Uh you say, "Am I just ridiculously bad at this dating thing?" Well, of course you are. There it is. Uh, the, all of you are. So you're. He is too, which is part of the frustration that you're experiencing. Um, uh, so ultimately, uh, yeah, you need to ask him uh, why you haven't heard from him. See, I think there, there's, there's nothing wrong uh, with being, uh, as you're new to this, to be learning to be assertive within yes, it. Of, yes. Of if there's something you don't understand, to speak up and say, I don't know what the reasonable expectation is on how long I should wait on hearing from you, but um, three or four days seems pretty long. Now we're running into weeks. That's way too long. Yeah. So uh, did you have a relative that died? Did you, whatever, did you suddenly have a fit of chickenness that came over you? Yeah. Right. That is causing you to not dial this phone number, uh, which is uh, what I uh, feel is probably most likely. Um, and I think that's the thing is with dating, with, with anything in this department, there's a, uh, there's a tendency to think in terms of uh, uh, trying to interpret from not enough of a sample size yeah. of information here. 
and trying to read minutia yeah. and try and find something out in that. Communication is is a thing that 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 is a solution to that, and that that's when you're married. That's you know for all relationships, communication is that key. That means asking him why haven't I heard from you, yep. and uh, you know what's going on. It could be something innocuous. It probably is something innocuous, uh, but you you want to have that dialogue. You know, you want him to be able to say, "I was super chicken," you know, and you can say, "Well, I'm super chicken too," but. It's not helping my chickenness that your chickenness is causing you to not call me, causing me to feel more chicken because of you being chicken. So one, two, three, everybody stop being chicken, you know. And go. And go and see what happens. Uh, but I think that here's the, the thing, and I'll send it around to these other guys. I think part of the key here is how do we find a, a godly courage within ourselves to have a, 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 a picture in our mind of what these relationships should look like, to have a, a, a sense of, if I could use this word, uh, expectations, a sense of what the landscape of it looks like. What, what mm. does a healthy relationship look like in terms of how often are we talking? You know, what's mm. too much, what's not enough? How much uh, it, it, are we being vulnerable with each other and those kinds of things? to figure out where those expectations should be. So from the very beginning, including this, you know, from just here's my phone number, all the way through marriage or whatever, you, you ought to be able to compare those expectations to a person's behavior and be assertive with that and say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, I need you to be more communicative than this, mm -hmm. you know. And I think it's also about recognizing sitting back and waiting for the other gender to fix this problem for you, yeah, bad idea. is not going to work either. So we we have to particularly if that gender you're waiting for is men. Exactly yeah. right. We the, again more assertive across the board. I think it's a really good place to start. And Lee, if I can get you to pick this up for us, and maybe take it out of specifically the realm of dating. So what we have here on a wider level is um, somebody who is dealing with disappointment and that last little glimmer of hope. So there's something that, depending on you, they say in their uh, in their question weeks they don't give a number if that's two weeks that's one thing if it's four or five that's certainly a different thing so what what are we looking to just any time in life we've hit a point where it's kind of clear this thing i wanted to happen isn't going to happen what's the healthy level of kind of holding out hope what's the healthy level of cutting it and moving on and what are the what's the wisdom we need to make that distinction i think there's a very key question that we have to answer here and you know, whether, like, for instance, with this guy, it's whether you reapproach it and figure out what the deal is or whether you realize, you know, he's a chicken, he bailed or whatever. So I'm so I'm out of here. There's a thing that there's a thing that holds us back from moving on in a situation where we need to move on. And it's emotional hold. And it's a question, which is, what does this say about me? Since this didn't work out, what does that now say about me? Does that mean I'm going to like, for instance, in this relationship? This guy hasn't called back or whatever. So, <clears throat> does that mean does that mean that I am undesirable or or something like that or not dateable? Um, if I didn't get the job that I applied for, which would be kind of another, you know, like you're talking about different kind of uh, disappointment. Does that mean that I'm a failure? You know, uh, if this ministry that I was doing fell through, does that mean you know? In, in all of these things, there's this lingering question that keeps us in an emotional hold when we should be able to walk away from something, which is, do I suck in some way? And is that the larger issue at play here, that I just basically suck? And I think one of the, the keys here is that we've got to be able to get to a place where you know who you are outside of whether this dating relationship happens or doesn't. You know who you are, whether or not you get that job or you don't. You know who you are, whether or not you whether or not you finish that degree program or you don't finish it or whatever. You know who you are as a child of God. You know who you are, uh, how important you are to the Lord, how important you are to the, the people in your life that love you, your friends, all that kind of stuff. And that, when you are, when you have that issue settled, then you can walk away from a situation that you need to without this lingering question of, but I have to hold on to the impossible hope of this because this relationship out here is answering the question of my personal worth. And I think that's mm. kind of the key is I've got to figure out who I am outside of this so that I can walk away when I need to. And it doesn't have to say anything about the kind of woman I am or the kind of 
dude that I am or the kind of student that I am or whatever, what, whatever that thing is, I'm not looking to this thing to answer those larger questions for me. Mm. That allows me to walk away when it's obvious that I need to. I think that's a really fantastic uh, approach to that kind of boiling it down to that one thing of how do we know if this is in a healthy or unhealthy way. And Jed, maybe gets you close out on this, and this is maybe more specific to dating, but you could also be expanded out. One of the situations we're dealing with here is I'm not getting the results I want out of a situation. Mm-hmm. And bless this question writer's heart, because this is the first thing we all try. Everybody's first answer to that is maybe I can keep doing exactly what I'm doing yep. and get the results I want. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that actually never works out. So yep. part of what we need to do is identify what we want to happen here and identify what we need to change to get there. No doubt about it. If you don't like the results you're getting, then change the method you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true in every area of life without exception. If waiting around for someone else to take the initiative is not giving you the results that you want, then do something else. Right. Um, and I understand, um, I know that's frightening. I know it's terrifying and I know it's unfair. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I recognize you would be right in saying these men have a responsibility to show leadership. So they ought to lead and they're not. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. And you're right. Yeah, we agree with that. We, we agree with that. But it doesn't change the fact that you're not getting what you want with what you're doing today. So you want men to show leadership more than you want to date. That's what this boils down to. Exactly right. right. So your alternative is to act. Your alternative is to be the one who takes the lead, who takes charge, takes the initiative, who's proactive. And you can do that. This Mm -hmm. is the key thing. You can do that. Um, We don't know if this guy is still interested. We would guess maybe not. Uh, If you are able to get a hold of him, as Glenn said, it'd be great to ask. If he ducks you online, that may be kind of hard to pull off. This is the key thing. You can find other dudes you'd be interested in going on a date with and go ask them out on a date. Yeah, Um, You can go do that. If there aren't any guys at your church, you can do that by going to another church. You can do that by using a service like eHarmony. There's a lot of ways to do that. But you want, you clearly want to be in a dating relationship, and that's good. And you mm-hmm. should own that, and that's just right. As, as Lee says, you don't want to let your sense of self and your sense of personhood get tied up in that. Um, that, that would be too far in the opposite direction. But the happy middle ground is to say, this is a good thing that I want and God wants for me, so here are the steps I'm going to take to pursue it. Um, for you, again, that means I'm going to find guys that I am interested in. I'm going to go ask them on a date, and I'm going to keep asking until one of them says yes. If you think about it, Lee brought up the job search. It's a really good example. No one would recommend the idea of I'm going to apply for one job, and if that doesn't, if they don't hire me for that, I'm never applying for another job ever again. <laughs> that right. that would not be a functional approach to life. Yeah, that's that right. Would, that would break down very quickly. You apply for a job. Um, if they say yes and hire you, great. Um, if they don't, or they say we'll get back to you, you know, and we'll we'll call you when we call you when up. Go apply for 10 more jobs, man. That's right. That's that's how you get a job. Mm-hmm. If you can dig it, it may sound mercenary. It's actually not. you got to date the same way. Yeah. Um, you keep you find people you're interested in. You keep asking if somebody says yes. I guarantee you someone will say yes. And in that moment, all that work that you did to get there will be worth it. That's absolutely right. I think part of what plays into this on a number of levels is um, even pre when everybody kissed it goodbye, um, you've all, everybody listening to this, hello, young people, you've all been sold a ton of BS about dating. Yeah. Y'all been, and not only on the Christian side of, you know, it's evil and purity and all that nonsense, but on the side of what it would be like when it's right. Yeah. Yeah. You've been sold, like, can we talk about the ministry? You've been sold that it'll be magical and butterflies and waiting for adorable texts and all that, and dating sucks. Dating has always sucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's, the dating is the bad thing you go to through to get to the good thing. Yeah. Right. Which, this is a Christian podcast, so we're talking about a godly relationship. Yes. Right, right, right. On non-Christian podcasts, they might be talking about something else in that slot, right, right, but right. secular dating works the same way. Mm-hmm. There are not people out there who say, you know, it's just like I sit down and have dinner with a complete and total stranger, and maybe they're a super weirdo. That's just my favorite thing to do. I just <laughs> love it. Right. Yeah, right. And, and actually, to use uh, Jed's analogy, which is a strong one, um, nobody likes job interviews. Nope. That's right. not anybody's hobby. Right. Nope. Right. Right. That's a slightly unpleasant thing you go through because having a job is good. Yep. Right. So we're kind of leaving the same thing here, and it goes back to what Jed is saying here. If you don't like the results you're getting change your uh, methods because one of the things we have to do there is define what result matters yes. most. Yes. You are never going to get all the results you want out of everything. Yep. Mm. So I, I made that joke, but it is kind of true. If you, if you pray about it, think about it and say, no, the important thing to me is that to pursued and all that 
in the most literal sense of the most important thing to me is that I never have to ask anyone out and it's the entirely the risk is on them and I'm just a, a wilting flower and they come to me. Okay. Fine. Right. But uh, it's not going to be, a, not going to get a lot of numbers that way. And, and if I could very quickly tack on to that, right? we hear a lot about that pursued, who's pursuing who and what's pursuing. Yeah. Without anybody pursuing. defining what that means. Exactly right. And here's the thing. There's a lot of, well, my grandmother told me, my grandfather pursued her, and that's what I need is wait and let men pursue me. Okay, find your grandfather and say, put your, or, or find your grandmother. Go back to your grandmother who told you the story. Say, put your hand on the Bible. Now right, raise your other hand. <laughs> Swear you gave yes. him no indication that you were say interested. That. Swear you didn't flirt, you didn't look him in the eye, you didn't bake him a cookie, you didn't do something to tip off to him that he's cleared to come in for a landing on asking you out. Because I'm telling you, that's yep. what she did. Sure. Because yep. let me tell you what, that's been that's the secret underground been happening for thousands of years that has kept the human Read population the going. the book of Ruth. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Oh, quite. There is, a, a, and that's, and, 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 so what they're doing is maybe not giving you the whole story. Absolutely. Which, and I'm not trying to say they're lying or, or, or being negative or trying to be deceptive at all. Uh, they don't want you to be putting yourself out there too much and overdoing that. They want you to be demure and innocent and what what not within that. And that's the right thing. But they're also leaving out mm -hmm. some details of... I definitely let this guy know I was interested. Well, and it's also, as we point out, this goes back to uh, if someone who's giving you advice, be that uh, grandma, be that Christian author, be that pastor, whatever, if their main goal is don't have premarital sex, yep. that's right. they're going to give you, uh, a, as you say, versions of stories that point towards that. Right, yep. right, right. Now, the goal, you may notice that, you can really only have one goal at a time. We talk about this in some podcasts. Um they're, the goal in that of the, of the behavior to not have premarital sex, if that is the main driving goal, that's different than having a goal to live a godly ro relationship life that moves exactly towards right. marriage. Those are actually different things. At some point, everybody got their wires crossed that that's mm -hmm. the main number one thing. That's really not how it is. And again, we can't tell you where those lines are for you, but part of this is part of this is acknowledging yourself. This this is what I really want. This is what I think would be nice yeah. as part of what I really want, but I'm willing to cut that loose to get the thing I really yep. want. Yep. And we all have to make those decisions, and you definitely have the ability to do that. All right, if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. If you're writing the Tumblr, please mention the podcast that I know you want it read on here, as well as the blog, missionusa.com, slash bridgebox, only $8 a month, support missions. Very cool thing we're going to take out of the song this week. This is a song Jed wrote for a friend of his who was in a very similar situation to the one our last question asked within there. It's called Such a Letdown. It's a great tune. I think oh, yeah. we've used it on the show before, but it's been a long minute. Very good tune. Jed Brewer bringing it on the songwriting there. So we're going to take off that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, we're prepared to wrestle our way to the number two Christian podcast. Woo! <laughs> I know that you're waiting, but you don't know what for. I know that you're hating Being where you are Cause maybe you are wrong To want the thing for which you long And maybe you're a fool To think that it's for
But I will get you through 